0: If you were to rank worst losses, not in the sense of heartbreak, but just in the sense of what the actual heck did I just watch, that's up there. Thursday's game is up there. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, June 9th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All righty. Well, the Tigers drop the series finale to the Philadelphia Phillies by a score of 2-3. to three. On Thursday night. Sorry for no episode on Thursday, uh, but with the game being canceled because of the air quality, hope everyone that is uh, affected by that is staying safe and whatnot. Obviously, that's a pretty scary thing thing going on in the world right now. Um, But if, uh, well, rather because that game was canceled, I've also, this is a very, very busy time of the year for the work I do for the Detroit News uh, on assignments and stuff. And so just, that's why also if you're part of the late night crew, you're getting this well after midnight because of the same reason. So very, very busy time of year for me, but the Detroit Tigers still played a ball game today. Uh, and I was, Oh, just, I, I I'm so grateful on nights like this that I never miss a Tigers game. You know, always find a way to watch because they just bless us with such fantastic baseball. That was unreal. That was truly unreal. Uh, I guess let's start with some of the good. Okay, we'll end, uh, we'll, just, we'll just let loose at the end and just talk all about how abysmal the offense is and continues to be and how I'll just repeat myself for the millionth time and how I, I refuse to believe that you can just sit there and do nothing about this, watch this product and not have anything up your sleeve on, on what to change. We'll talk about all that again at later. For now, let's start with some of the good. Okay, Reese Olsen pitched in this ball game. I thought Reese Olson was pretty effective. Yet again, he goes five innings, three hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts. the ERA in the year is now two seven. Uh, he was actually the second pitcher to pitch in this ball game, as Tyler Holton got the first inning, was an opener, uh, did walk a batter, but had a strikeout and did not allow a hit or a run. Uh, a lot of some people asking why, not a lot, but some people asking why. Um, I I think that this is honestly just, they want Reese to be able to go as deep into the ball game as possible. They want as many innings out of him as possible. And, and, uh, to help that him starting in the second, gives him a better chance to go deeper in the ball game and Tyler Holton going out first. That's a lefty and Philly at the top of their lineup has a lefty Castellanos lefty are their first three batters. So, uh, while they're very good, uh, the matchup is somewhat favorable for Tyler Holton there, and he took advantage of it. So good for him. Uh, yeah, I thought he looked pretty effective, uh, Holton, as well. I thought he was executing his pitches really well. On to Olsen. Yeah, I mean, look, this dude has all the ability in the world to get a boatload of swings and misses. He has the ability to be a whiff machine, okay? He truly does. Uh, Had 10 whiffs in five innings in this one Four. Via the slider to the four seam fastball to the changeup to the sinker, all of his pitches getting swings and misses. Um, and had a 25% CSW percentage, not getting a ton of called strikes, um, but still had a pretty effective ball game. I thought 75 pitches in five innings, not bad for your second major league start. Uh, had an average exit velocity of about 85 and a half miles an hour, so wasn't getting crushed on the 15 balls put in play. That's a, that's a decently high number of balls put in play for only five innings, but not a super high average exit velocity given that. So, yeah, I thought I thought this was pretty effective. Uh, really, the, the biggest thing for him is just going to be the sinker and fastball command. And I, I told you all this before even his major league debut, right, when I was telling you kind of what to expect out of him. That was the point I tried to preach, and I'm going to continue preaching that. You, you've now seen this stuff. This is no longer, oh, you're hearing it through the grapevine, like, You, you have now seen it firsthand and you are very well, well aware that that stuff is absolutely filthy and it'll play at any level. And he will be able to get swings and misses at any level. Uh, Like this is a dude that went out there and got whiffs against like Bryce Harper and, and Trey Turner today. Right. So he, he has filthy, filthy stuff. And, and the slider, obviously the command on all of his pitches is important. Um, but I, I think the, the command on the fastball for him is just so much more important than anything else. The, the stuff we don't have to worry about. Slider command, it's so nasty that it doesn't have to be like pinpoint command. It's still going to be a pretty effective pitch more times than not. The biggest thing for him is just going to be that that forcing fastball and that sinker, kind of whichever fastball you want, the one with run or the one that's a little bit straighter, Either one, both of those, need to just be located really well. And when they are, he has the ability to really carve people up. Uh, it really sets up everything. If, if he's able to effectively throw, my favorite se- sequence that he does, to be honest with you, is uh, it's not super complicated, but it's super effective when you have stuff like his. It's uh, He goes like the two-seam fastball sinker, whatever you want to call it. He goes the two-seamer in like low and in or like belt high in even for a ball. Like it ends up being a ball inside, but it starts as a strike on the inside. And then it moves to a ball inside. Usually it's swung through, right? So a good swing and miss pitch when it's located well. And then he goes slider low and away. Has the ability to either catch the corner or go way out of the zone and get get, you know, change, uh tunnel that and and, and be able to get a swing and a miss low and away. And then you have him on the ropes. You can do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> you, you can throw that change up low and in. And they think it's the two-seamer low and in again or way out in front of it. You can go two-seamer up and in even. Get a little crazy with it. I know it's going to run down a little bit. But still, that can be a really effective sequence. Like that first two-pitch sequence that he does, uh, not every time, but, but every once in a while, uh, is my favorite thing to watch just with the direction and, and the uh, amount that his stuff moves. He, he's... He's going to play. It's all just going to come down to consistent command. And some eventually it, it's going to blow up, like I promise. Like it, He's going to have uh, a bad start at some point uh, just because he's not going to have the command with him. And it's all going to be about how he rebounds from that, A. And B, um, it, it's going to be uh, how consistently he is able to do that. And if it is even somewhat consistent, he's going to be a darn good pitcher so we'll see how he how he grows from here and how again it's really just all about consistency with him um okay let's get to our bullpen then we'll obviously talk about alex lang and then we will talk about this offense that brings me just so much joy but first i gotta tell you all about our friends over at game time Game time is the definition of clutch because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, but game time is a fast and easy way to buy all your tickets for the same sports music and comedy and even theater all near you with great deals on last minute tickets and the best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun you will have. They have flash deals on last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area uh, you get images of your seat before you buy. They are the lowest price guarantee. Event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They really are, again, if you're talking about clutch, there's nothing really more clutch than the game time app. So download the game time app, create an account, use code lockdown MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code lockdown MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. What is up, everybody? Welcome back here to your Segment 2 of Locked on Tigers. I forgot my water, and I am absolutely parched. That's too bad. Uh, thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate all y'all for tuning in, even after a six-game losing streak. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day, no matter what. I'm right there with y'all, and it's it's rather frustrating. Okay, well... I don't want to talk about the offense. You can't make me do it. I don't want to. It's dreadful. Let's talk about the bullpen first. Uh, I thought everyone outside of Alex Lang that pitched in this game was actually really, really, really good. We already talked about Tyler Holton a little bit. Uh, His his changeup will absolutely play. I really, really enjoy the way when he attacks hitters early and then uses the changeup late and counts. Uh, I think that that's a really effective sequence for him. And he doesn't even throw the changeup like too too terribly often uh, over the course of the season, but uh, that's an effective pitch, and uh, especially lefty on lefty, lefty and lefty. Crime man, he, he's really effective in that area. So two two five ERA for a dude that was not doing that well in Triple A when he got the call up, but uh, that's why Chris Fetter is, is is darn good at his job. Uh Jason Shreve struck out the side in his one inning. Can't get literally any better than that. He has been pretty solid lately. And I, I don't expect his ERA to be like, honestly, even sub four by like the end of the year. And I think people will probably be frustrated with him at times. Uh, I'm sure within the next couple of weeks, he'll probably have a bad outing, uh, but he, he, he's not bad. Like he's, he, the, the stuff is good. Um it, It's really just a matter of, is the stuff good enough over the course of 162 to keep his ERA super low. And I, I don't think the answer to that really has ever been yes. But uh, when he's really rolling and on his game, uh, he, he can be a really effective reliever. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be the worst reliever in this pen, I guess is my point. I think he's always going to be around the middle, kind of third, somewhere between the third, fourth, and fifth option, depending on um, how effective he's been lately. And then Foley is nasty. 137 ERA on the year. Uh, Now, after this outing, one inning, one strikeout, no hits, walks, or runs. Can't get really much better than that either. Uh, I mean, he's just consistently rollover sinker 98 with crazy, crazy run on it. He's an automatic ground ball. Uh, And honestly, lately, the strikeout numbers have low-key gone up a little bit. And he's never going to be like a – I don't even know if he's ever even going to be a 9K per 9 guy over the course of a season. Uh, But he is – going to have one of the higher ground ball rates in the league, and he's going to have uh, the ability every once in a while to rear back there and if located well, get a swing and a miss. Let's talk about Alex Lang. Um, I, I I, don't think he's the reason we lost this ball game. I think the reason we lost this ball game is because this offense is currently over the last like 10 days, the last week, ever since Riley Green got hurt, however many days it's been since then. Uh, has been quite literally like one of the worst offenses baseball has ever seen. Uh, so uh, I don't think that it's, it, it's really Lang's fault, quote-unquote, that we lost. Uh, but this is back-to-back outings that he has blown a save, right? I think the last outing he blew a save. Mm, yeah, regardless, two outings very close to each other that have not looked that great. I don't think this is like rocket science, what's happening. The stuff is not awful. Um, I-, I think that this is truly just one of those things where the scouting report is out, and not even necessarily like, oh, he throws the curveball like 60% of the time, just sit curveball. I don't think it's that. The The, the curveball is too nasty, even if you're sitting on it. I don't think it- <laughs> you're going to be able to to really square it up too, many- too often, rather. I think that this is honestly just a situation where uh, for a long time, he has not needed to throw strikes. And the reason why, I am so thirsty. This is insane. Uh, If I start coughing like crazily at any moment, that's why. Uh, I can't believe I forgot my water. This is really an unprofessional move on my part. Back to Lang. Uh, I I think that this is just the scouting report got out that he doesn't actually throw very many strikes, but everybody chases them because that's how nasty his stuff is. And so (coughs) goodness gracious. Um, I think I'm good for a while. I'm literally crying if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, So I, I like, if you go back and look at the white Sox series, Use, go to Baseball Savant, our favorite website here, right? And you can bring up like a, a, a strike zone kind of uh, charts, not the word. But you can pull up Alex Lang's outing, and they'll put the strikes on up there and home plate up there, and you can see where every single pitch landed, right? If you look at the two White Sox, not the one where Jake Berger hit the grand slam, But the two before that one, he quite literally did not throw a single strike. And his stuff moves so much that people go chasing and people go fishing on the curveball all the time. And people swing through the changeup all the time. And people swing through the fastball all the time. And he does have some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen, like literally ever. But I think just that's it. The scouting report's just out that, hey, this dude doesn't actually throw a lot of strikes. People are doing him a ton of favors. And I I think that that memo's kind of out, and you're seeing a lot more patient approach against Lang over the last week. And he's going to have to adjust. So, no, I don't think Alex Lang is, like, the worst pitcher ever now, or that he sucks, or that he's pitching even really all that different than he has been. Like, I mean, he's pretty much putting him in the same spot he's been all year. It's just the hitters are a lot smarter now and are a lot more hip to to what they're going to see from him. That's really all it is. So he's got to adjust. I'm not saying it's just like a free pass and he's not that bad. Like, you got to fill the strike zone, brother. You have to. You're not going to last. You're not going to last very long in this league at all if you can't throw the ball in the strike zone nasty stuff or not don't matter you can't throw strikes they're gonna they're, this is gonna keep happening so that's the adjustment you need to make I think that's really all there needs to be said about it I'm not out on Alex Lang I don't think it's a disaster I don't think he's spiraling pretty much doing what he did the hitters are just getting smarter okay so let's adjust let's throw the ball in the strike zone more people still ain't gonna hit you dude <laughs> You got the nastiest stuff I've ever seen in my life Okay, let's get to the offense. Uh, on my itinerary here, it says offensive offense. I think that's, that's a good way to describe it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Goodness, I'm sorry for the unprofessionalism there. I can't believe I forgot my water. This is really not great. Uh, Chris McCoskey, the beat writer, Tigers beat writer for the Detroit News, um, tweeted out that the Tigers on this road trip, okay, are 1-for-52 in the first three innings. So the first three innings of all six games on this road trip combined, the Detroit Tigers are 1-for-52. That is unbelievable. Mm, I guess it's honestly, sadly, not that unbelievable. That's another (laughs) thing I want to say. Um, Our broadcast team... In this game, had a quote where they said, and this is not a slight to the. I know everybody loves to whatever say their opinion on the broadcasting. This is not a slight whatsoever. Uh, At one point, Matt Shepard said, uh, after we scored the second run and took the lead, he said, "Who saw this coming?" And he's right. And how sad is that? We scored two runs and he said he was in shock and said who saw this coming and he was right to do so we all felt the same way that's embarrassing that's so embarrassing all right let's let's get a little more in detail with the offense right after i tell y'all about our friends over at bird dogs bird dogs is the best actually this is crazy i'm literally wearing my bird dog shorts i'm not gonna like stand up and and pose my my uh shorts area to you but i am wearing my bird dogs right now they are the best they are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look but not only do they fit great they do the exact thing that like tights do except they look way better they fit way better they feel way better they are the most comfortable shorts i own i wear them golfing all the time uh they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long say that 10 times fast but it's true they are quite literally my favorite shorts that i own now they sent all the host two pairs And on top of that, I would argue that they're two of my favorite articles of clothing, period. I wear them all the time because they are so comfortable. They look great. And for me, most importantly, they're versatile. I can wear them for any occasion. Like I said, I wear them golfing. I wear them lounging around the house because they're comfy and why not? I can wear them to like a nice dinner. I can wear them to, I don't know, like a party, an outdoor event. Like they are the definition of versatile. And they're the best. So go to BirdDogs.com slash Locked MLB and enter promo code Locked MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's BirdDogs.com slash Locked MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you that. Also got to tell y'all about our friends over at Marg's. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Marg's. Sparkling margaritas. Look, you guys know I love a good drink to relax. I've been trying to find a replacement for the typical white claws and high nudes, high noons, and thank goodness I stumbled upon Marg's. They're refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas have officially become my go-to cocktail. They're crafted with real Blanco tequila. They're clean, crisp, and genu- genuinely taste so good. They've got five unique flavors. There's something for everyone to enjoy with Marg's. Uh, yeah, I have some when I'm kicking back after work, watching a game, just hanging with friends. They are the best, and honestly, my cooler is full of them now. They are the drink of summer for me and my friends. Uh, and not only that, they are going to be a great tailgating drink this fall as well. So visit sipmargs.com now to find a realtor near you. That's sipmargs, S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a realtor near you. You must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers, and please drink responsibly. Alrighty, welcome back here to the third and final segment, Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. So, the Detroit Tigers lost 3 2. This offense was no hit for the first 7 and a third, I want to say. I tweeted this out the other day, and I think I said it actually on Wednesday's show as well. This offense has been so bad that. It has literally gotten to the point where the first hit of every game for the Detroit Tigers is newsworthy. You know how sad that is? The first hit of every game for the Tigers is like a big deal. Like, oh, well, they're not going to get no hit today. That is just awful. That is beyond pathetic. That's that, that pathetic doesn't even do that justice. We were on no hitter watch, literally three games in a row. Every single game in this Phillies series. To different, you know, varying extents for sure. I think the first game was what six innings. The second game was maybe only four. And then this game was seven and a third. But like the conversation has been had. And, like, the broadcast team has had to say, whoa, and there's the first Tigers hit of the ballgame every single game this series. That's so embarrassing. And I, I don't want to just keep giving you the same spiel about how can you just sit here and do nothing. Please make a change. I don't care if it's a call-up or a trade or a free agent signing in June, even though there's no one out there, a waiver claim, I could give less of I don't care. But you have to stop sending out a lineup with one, two, three, four, five, five four, five. Five people with a sub-600 OPS. And everyone except McKinstry with a sub-700. I guess Zach Schwartz is technically still over 800, but the sample size is really small. That's ju- Tyler Nevin, 410 OPS. Jake Marisnyk, also very small sample size, to be fair to him. 417 OPS. Jonathan Scope, 517 OPS. Akil Badu, down to 693. He has one hit in the entire month of June. Eric Haas, 566 OPS for Eric Haas. That is worse than Javi Baez. 570, by the way. Nick Maton, with a 166 average, has a 608 OPS. People are like, how can Nick Maton be the cleanup hitter? Because he has the fourth highest OPS on the team at 608. My goodness. I I I just I go back. It's very easy to go back to the off season and be like, "Wow, we did literally nothing." And while I I didn't quote unquote I don't know why I said quote unquote I didn't quite defend it. I didn't say this makes a hundred percent sense. Uh, I I completely agree. This is what I would do. I was constantly reiterating. I would still like someone. I would still like someone. But the theme of the offseason was, and I, if you go back to the the opening day episode on like what to expect this season, right? It was this is the year of the audition. Okay. This was the year of the audition. They did not go out and sign everyone. And while I I disagreed with it, I at least understood the logic behind it. Like, okay, we want to see what we have in these guys. Well. It's June 9th, and I think we have a pretty good idea on most of these dudes, you know? I don't need three months more of an audition for Jonathan Scope. I don't need three months more of an audition for Tyler Nevin. I don't need three months more of an audition for Andy Abanez. I don't. So... I, I, I just I refuse, I've said this a million times, I'm so sorry, but like I, I I refuse to believe that the correct way to navigate through June is to just sit here and see what happens. There's no way that's what's best for this organization. There's no way. And if you want to argue and and your development staff is like, hey, Henry Malloy is truly not ready. Colt Keith, we'll send him up to AAA maybe, but not ready for the majors. Parker Meadows, still can't hit lefties, not ready for the majors. If your development team, who I'm starting to, at least in the minor leagues, trust a lot more over the last two years, they've done a great job, huge steps in the right direction, truly looks at you and says, do not call these dudes up, that's fine. It's frustrating and P- it would be a lot more fun, right? I know we're not in this industry necessarily for, for fun 100% of the time. We're trying to win, but like, you're not winning. You're not. You're not even coming close. You're, you have no hit bids going into the fifth every night, okay, for starters. But even if you're like, oh, my job isn't to make it fun in June. My job is to build a sustainable winner. Fine. Fine. I'll concede that point. There's so many other things you can still do than just sit on your hands and go, well, the bottom half of my lineup is going to be Jonathan Scope, Tyler Nevin, Zach Short, Jake Marisnik, Andy Abanez, and eventually they got to turn it around. Really? Because last time I checked, Andy Abanez was on an opening day roster last year and didn't make it to July. Jonathan scope hasn't hit well in a year and a half. Tyler Nevin has never hit well at the major league level for a consistent amount of time. I just, I, and you can keep going like Spencer Torkelson looked horrible this weekend. It's truly, and I, I know some people have been out on Torgelson since, uh, you know, two months after drafting him. Like I understand, everyone's at a different place with him, and he's super controversial to talk about because everyone's at a at a different point in the road. But like, I, I I've been be a beyond patient with him. My, uh, you guys give me a lot of heat for it all the time, to be honest with you. Like I, I've been beyond patient with Torque. Um, but on top of that, like even when. He has been struggling. There have been times where I'm like, that wasn't an awful at bat. He just made horrible contact. Or, that wasn't an awful at bat. He just needs to be more aggressive. Or, oh, that wasn't an awful at bat, um, but, you know, bad luck or whatever. This weekend, I don't, I say weekend. Jeez, I don't even know what day it is. This offense has me absolutely in heck um this week i think i've been saying weekend, this entire episode now that i think about it this week i don't think torque got to hit this series did he he went 0 for 10 0 for 11 on the series he went 0 for 4 with 3 Ks in this game but you want to know the most messed up part his OPS is 654 okay the most messed up part of that is that he should probably keep hitting third Because 654 is the third highest OPS on your baseball team. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out. Uh, We'll be back on Monday, recapping a series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They come to Detroit. Look, this week has been a disaster. This week was an absolute disaster. You are on a six-game losing streak. I'm pretty sure, I think Chris Brown of Motor City Metrics tweeted this out. The Tigers, before the six-game losing streak started, I think were two and a half out of first place in the division, have lost six, and are now three and a half out. Maybe it was one and a half to three and a half. The leader of the AL Central right now is under 500. The Minnesota Twins are 31 and 32 and in first place. That's so embarrassing. Um, but yeah, you're two and eight in your last ten. you've lost six straight. And yet, if the offense just wasn't the worst thing we've ever seen, we'd be winning a lot of these ball games. None of these are out of reach. None. The Arizona Diamondbacks are fun. Please enjoy them. Please, 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 as a viewer. I understand you're frustrated the Tigers are are really upsetting you lately. They're upsetting me lately too. But just as a fan of baseball, do yourself the favor of just sipping on whatever you sip on—a water, a ginger ale, a Margs, whatever it is—and just try and enjoy how fun the Arizona Diamondbacks are. Because I, I truly think it's not even close. They're the most fun team in baseball right now. They play the game a very fun way, but they still play it the right way. They have great pitching. They have a solid bullpen. Hopefully we see Andrew Chafin this weekend, old friend alert, and they wreak havoc on the base paths. They can hit homers, but they don't kill you with homers. They put the ball in the gap and they just run and they just let the the horses free and it's so fun to watch. So um, still root for your Tigers, obviously. We're going to try to take a couple of wins this weekend. Lorenzen will go at some point. That should help. But... Try and enjoy good baseball for what it is because Lord knows we have not seen too much of it lately here. All right. I appreciate y'all so much. We'll be back on Monday. You're also home. Maybe roster moves now that you're back home. That's a thing that happens. Sometimes if you're on a long road trip, you wait till you see you come back home to make roster moves. Maybe we can hope. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you on Monday. Go Tigers. If I can find this stupid video,